Hello, friends, kingdom builders, kingdom connectors, and everyone who is about the Father's business. Welcome to the ministry of Apostle Kenneth Fletcher and the Mind of Conception podcast. Please subscribe to this podcast to help us connect with the body of Christ and contribute to the growth and success of the kingdom of God. So let's join the teaching of the word right now. Sometimes people can get on the uh, the Mind of Conception podcast and hear the audio, but many of you know as well as I know that the live version is always better than the recording. And, you know, there's just certain things that you can't get on the recording that you actually that actually are transmitted, so to speak, when there's live ministry. And so that's something that we thank God for. We thank God for the opportunity to keep getting the word out, uh, keep sharpening, uh, becoming more skillful in the word of God. And that's a wonderful thing. But we do always give God praise and glory when you have an opportunity for in-person uh, live ministry because the anointing is so tangible uh, when when it's in person, right? I mean, you can test, you can you can receive from the anointing uh, even over Zoom and different things. But when you're there in person, uh, there's just a different element of the anointing and the presence of God. And so I want to encourage you all uh, to continue to reach out as to many people as you can uh, to just be about the Father's business. So with that being said, I'll be actually preaching again this Sunday at Lighthouse of Praise at, at 10, 8, 30 a.m. And then I'll be preaching at 3 o'clock p.m. at uh, a Holiness Tabernacle with Pastor Lucas. So there's a lot going on in the next couple of weeks. Uh, I'll be preaching on the seventh, the first Sunday in May, whatever that is, in Fairfield at 3 p.m. And I think I'm supposed to be in Colleen that morning. So we got a lot of stuff going on. But, but thank God for the uh, anointing, right? Thank God for his strength, because he gives you the strength to be able to do uh, what he's called you to do. And as something, like I said, uh, over these years of just ministry, you can see the difference when you're when you're in the middle of that kind of ministry, uh, the, 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 the essence of the anointing that comes in and gives you the ability to accomplish that which God wants to be accomplished. But we've been talking about, guys, we've been examining the righteousness of God, and we've come a little distance now, and we've talked about these things in a lot of different ways. Uh, but we want to continue just uh, uh, branching on and off of this highway, so to speak, just the, all of the branches that deal with this. And so one of the things that we want to do is we want to look at the reality of the ministry or the administration of righteousness. So watch what he says here. And if you will go with me to 2 Corinthians chapter number three, and we're only going to have one, uh, we're, only, we're not going to go to any other scriptures tonight, but we're going to look at verses nine through 18. And we want to examine again something dealing about the righteousness of God, right? Because God's way is the right way. Uh, that's one thing that you and I and everybody we talk to, we have to settle that in our spirit that his way is the right way, right? Whether I may not completely comprehend it, I may not completely understand it, but one thing I can say, I'll be on a shot of a doubt, that his way is the right way, right? And listen, let, 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 Paul said this to Timothy. He said, consider what I say 
and let the Lord give you understanding in all things. And I think we were talking about some things the other day, but the reality is you as an individual believer have to get to a place where you take everything you hear and you allow the Lord to examine it, right? So that way you won't be deceived by someone that is maybe not speaking the truth. Because again, the enemy is very subtle, just like Sister Martha was saying earlier, he is always going to try to find a crack or a crevice somewhere to get in to try to, to try to send forth doubt about what God really has said. And I don't want to get off track, but I just want to build this foundation here tonight. That's exactly what he did with Eve and Adam in the garden. His very main thing that he said is that, did God really say that you should not eat of every tree of the garden? Well, God told them they could eat freely of all the trees in the garden, but the one tree in the midst of the garden, the tree of the knowledge of good and evil, thou shalt not eat, for in the day thou eat it, you shall surely die. So watch how the enemy just very subtle, just twisting it just a little bit. And he asked her, did God not say you can't eat of all the trees of the garden? Well, he, he knows already what God said but he twisted God's words and she says, and she answered them, but she didn't answer him uh, precisely because she goes on to say, no, we can eat of all the trees of the garden, but just like God said, the tree of the midst of the garden, we can't eat it, but she added something. She said, neither can we touch it lest we die. Well, God didn't tell them that they couldn't touch it. God just told them that they couldn't eat from it. And I can guarantee you, when he, when the enemy realized that she uh, added that little word to it, I mean, it, the scripture don't say this. You just got to go with me in the spirit, right? I can guarantee you, she, he said, oh, God does know if you eat it, you're going to be just like him. Here, just touch it. Watch, nothing will happen. She touched it and nothing happened. So, oh, okay. So now here's, you know, I don't want to get off on too far on that, but I'm telling you, that's how the enemy tries to work on all of us. So when what he'll try to do is send a little bit of doubt about what God said. So if God says something, whether it's positive, whether it's a, a word of uh, promise, whether it's a word of correction, whether it's a word of instruction, whatever the word is, if God says something, he means exactly what he says. And you don't, you, you and I, have to be very careful that we don't allow the enemy to give a seed in our thoughts to where we're debating what God said. So like, like for example, that, you know, God is good, right? Okay, that he is, that God is light and in him, there is no darkness at all. Jesus said, why are you calling me good? There's no one good but God, right? So what my point is, if I am not perfectly convinced and fully persuaded in my mind that God is good, the enemy will allow, he'll, he'll bring circumstances, he'll bring situations into your life that will cause you and I to doubt the goodness of God. But the reality is this, if I am not fully convinced and fully persuaded that God is good, it's going to be very difficult and hard for me to trust him when I go through hard times, right? Some kind of way I may be thinking that God is punishing me, 
right? Let me break it down on what I'm trying to tell you. We're going to go to 2 Corinthians chapter 3. But what am I saying? Jesus said this in John 10 and 10, one of my favorite scriptures in the Bible. The thief comes not to do what? But for to do what? To steal, to kill, and to destroy. All right? Wait a minute now. Wait a minute. I want to, we're going to break this down. John 10 and 10, we're going to break it down. The thief cometh not but to steal, kill, and destroy. Now, most of you know this verse, and, and, and I'm, I'm just trying to bring out a point. But then Jesus said, in contrast, but I have come, that you may have what? Life, and that you may have it more abundantly. Now, let me tell you something, folks. I don't care what you go through. God is not a thief. He is not coming to kill, steal, and to destroy. So if something is going on in your life, as Smith Evangelist Andrew was saying earlier, you got to first of all say, okay, God, what I'm supposed to learn through this, whatever the case may be, but I got to get God's mind on the situation and get into the word of God to see what God is saying about it. And then I'm not just going to accept it unless it's bringing me life and life more abundantly. See, it's so easy for the enemy to try to deceive us to where we're thinking that, oh, I'm going through this because God is using, uh, God is God himself is teaching me a lesson. God doesn't come to kill, steal, or to destroy. <laughs> God is not a thief. You understand what I'm saying? And I'm trying to make it, I'm using very simple, simplistic words to help people understand because this is exactly what people would do. And in their mind and in their spirit, so to speak, they're actually blaming God for what they're going through. But God is not a thief. The thief comes to kill. The thief comes to steal. And the thief comes to destroy. But in contrast, Jesus said, but I have come that you may have life and that you may have it more abundantly. Now watch this, folks. This is uh, We're going to get into this, but this is very subtle. Just like he told Eve. He said, did God say you can't eat of every tree? So subtle because it almost sounds like what God said, but it wasn't what God said. So my whole point to you tonight is this, is that as we're talking about and dealing with the administration of righteousness or the ministry of righteousness, it is not a legalistic thing. It is not how good I can be that's going to make God bless me. It's, it's, it is, again, putting my total trust and confidence in what he has said and what he has done and accepting it as a gift from him, not a gift that I've earned or deserved, but a gift of grace that has been given unto you and I, okay? So watch what he says here. Uh, praise God. Watch what he says. So he says in 2 Corinthians chapter number 3, and verse number nine, he says, for if the ministration of condemnation be glory, now you got to watch this here, much more does the ministration of righteousness exceed in glory, all right? The ministry of condemnation was the law. Thou shalt not steal, thou shalt not kill. Uh, uh, glory to God. Uh, thou shalt not do this, thou shalt not do the other, right? All of the laws and all the commandments. So he says now, he says that was, again, he knew that we could not keep those commandments. Uh, thou shalt not covet thy neighbor's wife. Thou shalt not commit adultery, all of that stuff. 
He says, I know you can't do that. So he that does not complete and do all the law will be condemned. But then he's going to bring in a new covenant. And the new covenant is going to be a ministry of righteousness. Now watch what he says. Here's the good news about that. So watch this, verse 9. For if the ministry of condemnation be glory, much more does the ministry of righteousness exceed in glory. So he says this, for even that which was made glorious had no glory in the respect by reason of the glory that excelleth. Now, you got to stay with me now. For if that which is done away was glorious, much more that which remaineth is glorious. Seeing then that we have such hope, we use great plainness of speech. And not as Moses, which put a veil over his face, that the children of Israel could not steadfastly look to the end of that which is abolished. But their mind, now we're going to get, we're getting up to our day, if you will. We're getting up to the time that we're living in right now. But their minds were blinded. Do you realize that that's exactly what the enemy wants to do is blind our minds from the gospel? He, Paul said, if our gospel be hid, it is hid to those that believe not. And the God of this world, small g, has blinded the minds of those that do not believe. So anybody that is accusing God, you, you got to hear me correctly and hear me uh, at the level I'm trying to bring this. When I say accusing God, I don't mean that most of the time people will just, you know, put their fists up and say, you know, God, this is your reason why, you know, my life is like this. They, most people don't do that. But the reality is they some kind of way think that this is supposed to be their portion. You know, my struggle is my portion, right? My struggle, just my life is supposed to be hard. Life is just hard, you know, but well, it was hard and we do go through difficulties, but you got to understand me what I'm trying to say. Jesus said, it is the thief that comes to steal. It is the thief that comes to kill. It is the thief that comes to destroy. God is not a thief. He did not come to kill. He did not come to steal. He did not come to destroy. But what did he come to do? To give you life and to give you and I life more abundantly. That's why he calls the gospel a glorious gospel. Man, this thing that he has done for us is off the charts to where we really don't have uh, human words to explain what he really has done for us. It's off the charts. It, 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 it is, it's off the scale, right? But most people's mind is blinded to it. So they're still struggling with it, fighting with it, wrestling with it, and don't understand why sometimes you and I are just all excited about how much God is doing, right? Because their minds are still blinded to what he has done for us. So watch this. But their minds were blinded for until this day remaineth the same veil untaken away in the reading of the Old Testament. Now watch this now. Watch it really, really clear. Which veil is done away in Christ? Christ can remove the veil, right? Christ can remove the mystery out of what God has really done for us. And Christ is the anointed one and his anointing. So whenever you're talking about Christ, you're talking about the anointing and simply the anointing is the spirit of God 
in and upon your life to manifest the things of God. So he says, when you turn to Christ, your mind and understanding will be unlocked. But that's the only way, because it's a ministry of righteousness. It's not based on what you can do for yourself. Glory to God. I hope that you're getting this, because it's going to help you if you get it. See, but so so the key is I got to keep turning to Christ. I got to seek his way. I got to seek his face, right? I have to uh, listen to his word, listen to his voice, because as I continually turn my heart to Christ, the veil, the things that are blinding my understanding, blinding my receiving, right, are being moved out of the way. But every time I don't turn to Christ, the veil is there. It's over my mind. It's over my heart. I know God is good, but I just can't see it. I can't grasp it. I can't understand it. I, I can't really wrap my thinking around it, right? But when you say, okay, I'm not going to try to understand him in my own ability, but I'm going to, again, trust in the Lord. Come on. With all of your heart. Come on. Y'all know this rest of that verse. And what? Lean not to your own understanding. So turning it to Christ, turning my heart over to him, and then allowing the Holy Spirit, glory to God, to take the veil away from my mind. Glory to God. See, God, God is, listen, folks. And I'm the way the reason, one of the reasons I teach like this is because I've been around the church for a while, and, and people will tell you that that that. Hear me what I'm saying. You got to hear me correctly. They'll say, how many people have ever heard somebody say, you know, God works in mysterious ways. God works. So you never know what God's going to do. You have no idea what he's going to. Listen, I don't know how he's going to do what he's going to do, but I have his word. So he, whatever he's going to do, he's going to do it according to what he said in his word. And he says, I'm giving you, oh, I'm getting ahead of myself. Okay, let's let's slow down, slow down. So I have to understand that this whole ministry, this whole operation is an operation of righteousness. And that righteousness cannot come by what I do, right? It's a righteousness which is by faith. It's a righteousness that speaketh on this wise, right? If I believe in my heart and confess with my mouth, that he can save me, right? Why? Romans chapter 10. For with the heart, man believes unto righteousness, and with the mouth, confession is made unto salvation. Now, I know for some of you, this may be something you've never really heard before, never really understood it like this, because we have, we have preached a religious-type message to where we want people to work for what God has for them. Folks, you and I can't earn what God has for us. The only way we get what ha God has for us is by faith. You have to believe him and you have to believe him that he, what he said, he himself is able to perform. That's hard for some folks. That's hard for some folks. Okay. Let, let, let's keep on going. Glory to God. Uh, so verse 15 and, and second Corinthians three, and then we're going to back up here. But, but even unto this day, when Moses is read, 
The veil is upon where? Upon their hearts. So many times, I know he's particularly talking about the people of Israel, but watch how people will say, man, I tried to read the Bible and I couldn't understand it. How many, how many have said that? You know, you know, how many people have said that to you? Man, I tried to read the Bible. I could not understand it, right? And, and I was one of those people. Before I was born of the Spirit, I, we, we, we got the Bible. Me and my wife, which was my wife at the time, we, neither one of us would say, we're going to start in Genesis. I think we got to chapter 6 and we was done. That was it. We was out. We couldn't go no further. But amazingly, once you receive the Spirit, now it's like, man, I can't get it. Amen. Veronica said, amen on the chat. Same with me. Yeah. Couldn't understand it. I, we, we got through a couple of chapters and I, we was done, man. But once I got saved, once I received Christ, it's like it's like all of a sudden the, the Bible made sense. And it's like, my God, I couldn't get enough of it. You understand what I'm saying? I, the, the word became bread. It became uh, meat and drink to me. You know what I'm saying? It, it became life. But before that, it was just a dead letter and it didn't make, it was too many thou withers and hithers and withers and tithers. And I couldn't understand nothing he was saying. So my point is, I'm learned, I've learned, and I'm trying to share that with other people, turn to Christ and he will unlock everything that God has for you. All right. So let's see what he says. Verse 16. Nevertheless, when it shall turn to the Lord, the veil shall be taken away. Glory to God. Now the, now, now the Lord is that spirit. And where the spirit of the Lord is, there is liberty. But we all with an open face beholding as in a glass or a mirror, the glory of the Lord. Now here it is. We are changed into that same image how? Glory to God. From glory to glory, <laughs> even as by, come on, the spirit of the Lord. So the transformation and the change is going to come in your life and in my life as I keep looking in the face of Jesus, right? See, oh, oh, oh beloved, I want to help somebody here tonight. How many people have you dealt with and we've dealt with and they want to get things right, and they want to fix stuff, and they want things to change in their life, and they're really, literally, seriously trying. I mean, they're 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 putting every effort they can. But the reality is, you and I will be changed as we keep looking at Him, and what's going to what's going to cause the change is as the, it is as by the Spirit of the Lord. It's it's not your ability to change. <laughs> Glory to God. Amen. It's, it's the spirit of the Lord that you have received that is trained, changing you from glory to glory. Right? So that's why when I preach sometimes, I say, yes, come as you are. The Bible says, come as you are. But if you truly come to him, he's not going to leave you that way. He's going to change you into his very image from glory to glory. So yes, do come as you are. Come, you know, broken, battered, and tattered, whatever it is. Come to him. Don't stay away from him. Whoever comes to him, he will in no wise cast you out. 
But if you come to him and really receive Christ, then you are going to change. There's going to be a continual, a continual transformation until you and I bear the same exact image as Jesus from glory to glory. Now, I want to deal with one thing. I want to deal with one thing here in 1 Corinthians chapter 2, because I said something that I want you to understand, because I, 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 I said it in the past before God, uh, before I was saved, you know, I said it, but once I got saved, honestly, I haven't said it in, in, in many, many, many years that God it works in mysterious ways. He is only mysterious to those that haven't received him. If you have received him, the mystery is being revealed, right? The mystery of the kingdom of God, the mystery of Christ in you, the hope of glory. This mystery was once hid, but now it is revealed to his saints. And that mystery is Christ in you, the hope of glory. Praise God. All right. Here we go. Last one tonight. Glory to God. So watch this. Many of you know this, and I'm going I'm to break it down real for just for a few minutes, and we're almost out of time, but I want to break it down, and many of you know this, but I want you to look at the scripture. Don't, don't put glasses on that you already think that you know what it says, because I, and I'm, I want you to see this in the context that I've said that God is not really mysterious. He just has to be, you have to have the veil removed. So watch what God says right here in the scripture. Now, because some of you are going to say, yep, see, I told you. Let's read verse nine. But as it is written, come on, I have not seen nor ear heard, neither have entered into the heart of man the things which God hath prepared for them that love him. So if you stop reading right there, you'll say, see, you ain't, we ain't supposed to know. We haven't seen it. We haven't heard it. And I've, I've heard many people preach that verse and they stop right at that verse and they stop, they stop reading. But if you keep reading, you're going to find out that God gave a solution to what we haven't seen, to what we haven't heard, to what has not entered into our hearts. And the solution is, amen, exactly, but God. Verse 10, but God, come on, read with me hath revealed them unto us by his spirit. For the spirit searches all things, yea, the deep things of God. Let me interject. When the veil is removed, you can see Christ plainly. You see the, understand the promises of God. You know what you have received. You know what belongs to you. You know what inheritance you have received becoming a child of God. Glory to God. Verse 11, for what man knoweth the things of man save the spirit of man which is in him? Even so, keep reading, the things of God knoweth no man but the spirit of God. Now, verse 12, we have received not the spirit of the world. It's gonna mess somebody up in a good way but the spirit which is of God, why? That we might know the things that are freely given to us of God. 
So the whole, <laughs> the ministry of righteousness and the ministry of the Holy Spirit is given to you so that you can know. Well, can't nobody know? Well, wait a minute. God is confused then because he just said it right here that we might know. Well, does we does he mean that we're supposed to know or we're not supposed to know? So God is not confused, folks. Understand what I'm saying? The, re, the revelation is this. I have to turn my heart, my mind, everything to God. And he takes away the veil. And he wants you to know what is his will. He wants, again, one more time. We have not received, if we have not received the spirit of the world but the spirit, which is of God, that we might know the things that are freely given to us of God. Now he's going to break it down a little bit more and we're going to be done here. Which things also we speak not in the words which man's wisdom teacheth, but which the Holy Ghost teacheth, comparing spiritual things with spiritual. But the natural man, the unregenerated, unrenewed man, woman, that whose, whose mind still has the veil on it, who's still looking at God from a natural standpoint, he says, that man, no, the, the, but the natural man receiveth not the things of the Spirit of God, for they are foolishness unto him, neither can he know them, because they are spiritually discerned. But he that is spiritual judges all things, yet he himself is judged of no man. One more verse. For who have known the mind of the Lord that he may instruct him? But we have the mind of Christ. People, I just want to encourage you tonight. Glory to God. Understand that there has to be change. And one of the evidences of a true born again life is going to be the transformation and the change that happens through and by the spirit of the Lord. It happens from glory to glory and is by God's spirit. So if I'm not Amen, amen. Thank God for his word. We pray that you were blessed by the teaching on our podcast today. Please join us for online fellowship in our personal Zoom room. The access code is 931-432-8488. And the password is the number two. God bless you. We love you and hope to connect with you soon. Until then, continue to be about the Father's business.